0: Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. Today we're covering season three, episode three. Now you're going to pay.
1: It's a good title. Good title. Uh, I'm Lotha.
0: I'm Nina. And... We're still your hosts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> no mid-season shake up it. <laughs> if you have decided if,
1: to uh, join us for this episode, you, you knew that. You know what we're about.
0: You know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, Netflix synopsis. Daniel's tarnished public image takes a toll on his sales... Leading to a takeover offer, Johnny tries to raise money for Miguel's surgery. It says so little.
1: It says so little, but yet speaks volumes to the... I know,
0: I mean, actually by season three, it's a good thing they they know they have diehard fans because getting into the dealership intrigue of this episode is not going to win any new people over, I don't think.
1: I mean, do we want to start with the dealership intrigue?
0: Oh God, I guess so. (laughs) Should we? Okay.
1: Can we start with the good? The welcome return of Tom Cole. Um Tom
0: Cole takeover plot.
1: Tom Cole, you may remember from I think season one, was the dude who had a rival car dealership and was pretty hilarious. Like he had these ads like saying you get like a good American cactus when you buy a Tom Cole car and like those those oriental bonsai. And he was he yeah.
0: He had no pretensions about what he was there to do. He was there to sell cars and um wipe LaRusso Auto off the map.
1: And also, like, represent America with, by, like, giving people a little saguaro cacti. And I think he was also dressed up in, like, you know, a Yankee Doodle uniform in his yes. commercials. He has style. And
0: he used his Q3 marketing budget wisely. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. So I was actually kind of happy to see him again. Of course, he has a, a dastardly plot to buy the entire dealership. Um, oh, also, the welcome return of Anoush.
0: Yes, poor Anoush, who, uh was poached by Tom Cole, I think, fairly, though. Totally fairly. Because he was getting treated by, like, shit by Daniel.
1: Yeah, you may recall that, like, in season two, Daniel got all obsessive about starting his own dojo where all the students learn karate for free and ignored the actual business that feeds his family. Um, Anoush left because he just felt like he wasn't getting, like, a lot of, like, Support and attention I and mean, he will you know, I think everybody was kinda like, Yep, yeah, Daniel fucked that up. Anoush left and Anoush was a pretty good guy. Way better than Louis who's back for some reason. Louis um, is
0: apparently a really good salesman now. And Louis has found his his footing.
1: I guess so. I mean but to be fair while Louie's not, like, a great character, he's pretty good with Anoush. Because Anoush is actually, like, for somebody who has, like, seven lines in the entire show, yeah, he he's pretty good. Yeah,
0: every line, and I actually like his little repartee with Louie. Yeah,
1: where it's like, oh, yeah, that was, like, kind of a return to form where, like, uh... Like, he tells Louis, I think that's the most goomba thing you've ever said. And then, like, you know, they have a little back and forth over that. But you can tell they're still buds. They're just buds who throw around, like, ethnic insults, you know. So, which is a true sign yeah. of, bu- of bud. Tom
0: Cole, uh, he, his entry is accompanied by, he negs Daniel about having a Keurig, not an espresso. yeah. It's just a weirdly specific burn, but... That's you know, what I
1: love I, about Tom Cole. He's, he's so... willing
0: to kick somebody when they're down.
1: Yeah, and of course, the reason why uh, the dealership is now down is that, like, somehow the school fight that ended with Miguel in a coma and Robbie and Juvie, for whatever reason, the community of Los Angeles connects that directly with the uh, Daniel LaRusso dealership, which, okay, um... I, I, I voiced this concern in the last episode where I was just like, I don't think that's how that works. I don't, I don't
0: get any aspect of the subplot. Nothing.
1: I will. I'll try my best. Like, so obviously Daniel doesn't want to sell, you know, and but we learned from Anoush that, in fact, like if they don't sell, uh, Tom Cole has a scheme in mind where. All right. Let me try to recap. Dayona is a Japanese company that distributes Japanese autos. Um, Cole somehow got them to cut ties with the LaRusso auto dealership.
0: Because of this tiny school fight in Reseda County. I
1: don't understand that. I mean, if they're the distributor of Japanese autos, I would assume that they, I mean, I would just kind of assume that they're like, you know, we want lots of dealerships to be selling our cars, right? Like,
0: I think when we watch this, the only plausible explanation is that there's something else going on, say, uh. A certain Japanese enemy that's laying in wait, yeah, pulling you're right. the strings behind this insane dealership plot, right? Because
1: you're like, is cho—I mean, you know—is chosen the chosen leader of Diona uh, Diona manufacturers, Diona distributors? Because like, I mean, it ha- it has to be kind of a personal thing on their end too. Otherwise, I can't imagine a huge Japanese car I mean, if distributor that doing I have this. A
0: weakness for, as you know, it's it's millionaires using their infinite resources to punish. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, That's true, to be
1: petty. So I'd actually be okay if that turns out to be the truth. If it's just, like, Diona, like, being like, oh, well, this guy, Tom Cole, who owns, like, a few dealerships in L.A., says we should cut ties with these other dealerships in L.A. Let's do that. There's a school fight involved, so what? What? All right. (laughs) How did
0: did he even, I mean, learn about the school fight? Like, I'm (laughs) wondering, okay, clearly the local paper's covered it it's on local news maybe that makes sense how is how is how's the news reaching kyoto or i mean whatever? tom
1: cole must be calling him up and like did you hear and if i was any kind of executive in japan who wasn't chosen daniel's enemy from long ago i'd be like what the fuck are you calling me for what are you doing <laughs> um so that that's the scheme in mind a spills and then you yeah, Anush-
0: we- uh, is very loyal to Daniel, which is I weird. Don't, I don't know that he's earned that loyalty,
1: right? Because, like in the last, uh, the last dealership scene, we've got like Daniel and uh, and Amanda. They're cross-tailed from Tom Cole. They sort of triumphantly announce that they're not selling. They'll sell when hell freezes over. And Anoush is all like, and you know they know all about the Dayona scheme. And when Tom Cole looks at Anoush quite betrayed, Anoush is like, oh yeah forgot to tell you. Got my job back with Daniel and because he's not a complete douche clown, I'm taking it. I'm like, has, has Daniel established you he's not a complete douche where,
0: clown? where um, <laughs> Amanda initially was like, we need to we need to sell. We, I, mean, yeah, I right. like the dealership first, but I mean, we have to let it go. And then what does Daniel do? Oh he just like launches into some rambling nonsensical Miyagi memory. Oh my
1: god, I know. and it's.
0: I wrote it down. He says, Mr. Miyagi apparently said, man who worked for passion always richer than men who work for
1: money um okay first of all i want to emphasize that nina and i are asian people um
0: that is not what an asian person yeah no no asian person would ever say that asians right now fuck that
1: yeah we're we're south asian i'm married to an east asian none of us would say something like that follow your passion is a thing that like
0: it's a advice it's a sucker's maxim it will not work for you under capitalism. Nope.
1: And Miyagi, by the way, was a handyman in an apartment building. I feel like he didn't live his life by this passionate. It might
0: explain Miyagi's failing bonsai shop. I mean, if you really yeah. thought it was about I mean, as I've gone on record, I would not be opening up a bonsai shop. <laughs> In a failing part of town.
1: That's a uh, you're right. That was a risk. Miyagi's clearly like an outlier. but Still, no, no self-respecting yeah. Asian person. That's First the kind generation of thing you Asian, do when you're fabulously
0: wealthy, you're at the end of your life, and you're like, whatever. I'll oh,
1: open a bonsai shop. But yeah, earn
0: some money tonight. The idea
1: that he would tell his pseudo son Daniel to follow his passion, and Daniel was
0: trying to ruin Daniel's life.
1: Well, I know there's always been like a little streak of cruelty <laughs> in Miyagi, right? I know
0: all I'll... his advice is tailored to destroy Daniel.
1: Also, I think it's pretty goofy. That like Daniel's passion is selling cars to people. Oh my god, um, yeah,
0: he was like, I always thought car salesmen were really sleazy, but I was like, but they are mostly, um, because it's about lying to your customers. About Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 yeah. Nina, yeah, I'll say this marketing is a- is lying. this is a lot of assumptions to make about car sales. I mean,
0: I'm sorry if the car, I'm clutching great, my pearls. they would sell themselves. You whoa, not need a Q3 marketing budget.
1: Wow, it all comes out here, yeah. thus alienating the car dealership segment of our listenership. But you sorry, know, sorry
0: guys, you know it's true.
1: <laughs> I did think that that was like I always kind of like the fact that Daniel like that he grew up to be a car salesman. You know, like he's successful, but like it's not like super glamorous. But the thing
0: that makes him annoying is that he can't just have a job and do his job well. He has to have a whole myth, which I'm sympathetic to because in America, most people are like. Alienated from their work, and they feel like they need a sense of ownership and some connection. And so
1: he has made anything. one. He yeah. he has like a mythology of why he owns a car dealership. And Amanda, I, again, Amanda has these little moments that I like when he like mouths. Uh, she mouths along like with him when he when he says like Miyagi always said follow passion. And you can tell like she's like I I just can't hear this anymore. Like this is.
0: I mean no, but that's the thing. It's like if this isn't enough to. To finish your marriage. I don't know what is. Yeah. Maggie's been the third in your marriage for twenty years oh, now. Oh
1: god, I know. I mean you're right. She's sort of like she's just like accepted it, but she can still like kind of roll her eyes at it. And oh, I also liked that at the end when like uh, you know, Daniel and Amanda are like, we're not selling and Anush is now in our employee again, and Anoush is like, Yeah, I'm joining the LaRussos and there's this nice moment where they where you, you learn that the LaRussos have a secret plan that they're really hoping will work and Anoush is like wait what like it's not a sure thing
0: god they fuck over Anoush at every turn i mean if they really liked this guy they would be like keep being a double agent stay on tom cole's payroll and feed us information well, or yeah or just
1: like minutes. maybe you don't want to like give up like a sure thing for what's clearly like a shot in hell plan and like i love the i love Anoush I think Anoush is, like, the most realistic character sometimes because it's, like, yeah, man, like, he'll quit his job and rejoin Daniel LaRusso Auto, but, like, not if it... I mean, he thought it was, like, a, like that they had something in the bag. He didn't know that it was going to be, like, a Hail Mary <laughs> thing.
0: I, I wonder if there's a deleted scene where there's just, like, Anoush in, like, an unheated one-bedroom and three kids <laughs> yeah. are starving. He's like, guys, I did something dumb today. <laughs> I allied myself once again with Daniel. That
1: douche clown. Oh, man. Oh, um, and uh, to wrap up the dealership plot last scenes Daniel in Japan in the headquarters of Daniel again Otto. they're
0: they're not doing so well money wise and Daniel's like how about a trip to Tokyo, <laughs> one of the world's most expensive cities? He's going to
1: save the family business by negotiating one-on-one with this giant Japanese auto distributor.
0: I cannot wait to see the look on his face when Chosen It's got. If it's not step- Chosen,
1: then this is a badly conceived plot. Again, if I it is write. Chosen, it's fine. Yes. Um, yeah. Chosen was totally petty enough to do this shit, so that's fine.
0: <laughs> and I salute him for that. Um, okay, so that's Daniel, essentially. Yeah. Um, should we hit the teens because this is related to Sam deciding randomly to take over Miyagi? do
1: oh god, yeah, We're let's do her that. Out a
0: lot. So Sam, uh, Sam's plot starts off with her visiting Miguel in the hospital, and
1: is it just me? Urges like uh, Miguel seemed pretty over her.
0: You know, I couldn't tell because I think maybe he's just like been in a hospital bed for like a month now, and so maybe not that jazzed about life, but I thought he was almost a little too conciliatory. Really? Sam? Like I wanted to see a little bit more anger. Like maybe it's misplaced, but see, he seems angry at Johnny, but I feel like he defends Tori a little bit because I think Sam shows her scar and has this line. What did she say? Yeah. um, He says like Tori's got problems and he says, and she says, everyone's got problems. It doesn't give them the right to be a bully.
1: And I like that he, like, he says, yeah, and he kind of rolls his eyes a little bit. like it's A little the, bit. I like, I like bit. that, because it's like, he Sam technically okay. didn't do anything to him, and it's under, you know, Tori did, like, beat the shit out of Sam. And, like, you know, when he defends Tori, it's not that he's defending what she did. It's just that Sam's like, well, I mean, who knew Tori was going to go crazy like that on me? And I like that Miguel's, like, a little bit, like, it's like the the thing is, the thing that's so annoying about Sam is that she, like, sort of speaks in platitudes like that. Like, everyone's got a sob story. And I'm not saying I, I, I think Tori did go crazy. It's true. That happened. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. But, like, it's also just, like, I don't know. Sam's, like, a little bit of a limited person right now. Yeah,
0: and I think that scene opens where she's, like, how, how are you? And he's just talking about how expensive the hospital bills are. And she's, like, well, if anyone can get through it, it's you. And it's, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should cut her some slack because she's a teenager. Right. That is not what I would want to hear. Yeah,
1: and I like that Miguel, like, he's not, like, angry at her, but he's a little bit, like, he's not, like, the way he used to be about her, like, she was, like, the, the you know, the girl for him and everything. I feel like he's a little bit, like, eh, not not so much. I
0: wish they would stick with this because I'm really afraid that this is just, like, Miguel, the guy who plays Miguel, being a good actor and bringing his own nuance to it. But I feel like they're going to drag these two kids back together. She gives them a lame card with an octopus on it. Because
1: the octopus is like their relationship spirit animal. He does not seem that jazzed by it.
0: I really hope that he holds on to that feeling. And maybe this arc is about him being like, cool, I kind of see you for the person you are. And maybe they're friends, but he's over her. Right, like
1: you're not a bad person, but you're a little bit like... I don't know, empty somehow. Yeah, Um,
0: you're an empty vessel.
1: I'm looking at your notes over your shoulder, um, and uh, Hawk says what we're all thinking, I see that.
0: (laughs) Right, so Hawk uh, is waiting by the door as uh, Sam concludes her visit, and he asks her what she's doing there. and He's like, what are you doing here? And yeah, it's not her fault, but again, it's like, Sam, just... Give the dude some space. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I'm like, I think it would have been weird if she didn't come. Like, you know, that'd be kind of shitty. And like, Hawk is like... You know, he's being hawkish. He's like, haven't you done yeah. enough, princess, etc.? Yeah, et hawk is not
0: really easy to defend in this episode. Should we talk about the car wash? Yeah. Okay, so, so Sam
1: uh, decides that she's going... And this is actually... It's not yeah, coming from a bad place. She's doing
0: something useful, which is more than what more than what Sam usually does, which is nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, if she'd stop with the car, it'd be like, that's a classic Sam move. But she decides to actually do something useful and fundraise for Miguel's hospital bills. There's a school car wash with all the Yagi-Do people. This whole thing would be solved, right? Medicare for all. (laughs) There would be no car wash for poor Miguel. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Moon is involved and she gets all the cheerleaders to
1: do this in their bikinis. And Sam has this line where she's like, yeah, thanks for getting all the cheerleaders to help out, but... You know, because Moon's wearing a bikini, she's like, "Moon, I thought you were a feminist." And Moon says, quite awesomely, I think, "I'm a sex-positive feminist." I
0: don't. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think Sam really knows her uh, Andrea Dworkin tour. Like, she's not. She's not reading up on the feminist theory, on the
1: phases of feminism, it or the just different seems types. Kind of,
0: that really seemed out of character for her. I, I just mean, don't think it would occur to her.
1: Oh no! I mean, I actually thought it was like a really nice moment because it's like, of course, Sam thinks that somebody wearing a bikini means they're not a feminist. And, of course, Moon knows exactly what type of feminist she is. And it's like, and Sam kind of rolls her eyes. And it's funny, but it's also like, I like Moon, man. I dig Moon. Moon knows, like, what she's yeah. about. Yeah. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah, and she's not offended or anything. She's just like, man, I'm using my sex to earn my or Sorry, I'm using my sexuality to... Help Miguel with his surgery, and that's cool, man. You do that. You do you, Moon.
0: Yeah. Um, um, naturally, this being Reseda, the car wash is then invaded by Cobra Kai. Well, thugs. it's like the
1: end of the day, and it, the only person left who's just counting up the money is uh shit. I don't know his name. Little, Little Asian, Asian guy. You don't know his name either. You looked We're at terrible. me like obviously it's a little Asian kid, but I'm sorry. We had
0: to rewatch this episode because the first time we watched it, we immediately forgot all the plot points. So <laughs> forgive me for not knowing little Asian kid's name. Um,
1: but you know, like it's it's actually genuinely distressing. Like when the the Cobra Kai thugs arrive on their motorbikes and like. They want to take the money. They want to, like, pretend that the money came from Cobra Kai instead of, like, from Miyagi-Do. And I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. How I mean, much
0: money do you think they pulled from that car wash?
1: Uh, probably a couple thousand dollars or something You're like kidding that. kidding me. Yeah, why not? I mean, you yeah, know, cheerleaders. Um, good for Moon, like I said. Um, but, like, uh, they... I don't understand their motivation here. Like, they, they came earlier and were, like, kind of like, I can't believe they're using Miguel as their literal poster child. Miguel's not Miyagi-Do. And it's just, like...
0: Hawk is picking a very strange hill to die on. Right? As he often does. Like, he's fighting a fool's war.
1: Right? Like, it's like, so basically you want Miguel to think that the money is from Cobra Kai, not Miyagi. What?
0: He's playing the What does of, it matter? That's God. That's like a priest mind game.
1: Right? And it's like, I am not really sure if after Miguel gets his surgery, someone is going to sit with him and break down exactly who the money came from. <laughs> I can like... see
0: Miguel, like, looking at his hospital invoice being like, oh, it says Miyagi-Do here, $20, Cobra Kai. Okay.
1: I know who loves me. It's like, no, Miguel is aware that he is not a member of Miyagi Do. Like, he doesn't need convincing. I'm
0: wondering if this, the car wash thing, is on local news because everyone is just watching this drama unfold with bated breath. So I assume that, you know, maybe Miguel turns on the TV and he probably. Right? He probably knows about this car wash. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like a
1: super secret event, but like. It's a, uh, yeah, I, it's it's like a very sketchy motivation for Hawk and the Cobra Kai's. I'm not sure it's unrealistic, because Hawk is it by this point, like, fucking nuts yeah um, and they agroutine. they also beat up little asian kid which is he's so small man it's so distressing to see yeah. him like like they like
0: that's why i think i mean it's going to be a very long road back for hawk if they're going to re- resuscitate his character because yeah once you start picking on
1: little asian kid no. like he's he's so little i mean he's I the hope, asian equivalent of it. virgin who's like the littlest white kid and that's you don't you, you, it's remember
0: like, when we speculated wildly that little asian kid was the younger brother of kyler oh Wouldn't that be amazing oh my gosh that would be amazing because it's like a kyler hawk showdown yes i <laughs> mean what, i mean we saw from the trailer that you know kyler joins cobra kai
1: you know i've been looking forward to the return of kyler yeah, for I mean, my entire, right entire life the
0: episodes in we haven't seen him yet um okay so that's the car wash plot um let's get into robbie yeah
1: because we do, um, we do have a little intersection. We have a lot you know. of Robbie.
0: So, yeah. this is the episode where I have to say I started to feel real sorry for him.
1: Whoa! I know
0: it took three seasons, of <laughs> <up> utterly <laughs> shitting on this character, for me to feel anything resembling it, empathy. And my
1: question for you is that how much of that is attributable to the fact that his hair is less ridiculous? Well,
0: I mean, it's interesting because you can you can buy someone's love with a little bit of a, a few changes, but you can't. Will Robbie really change? I don't know his hair.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's it's like a more slicked back, which is still a weird '90s throwback look, yeah, but it's it, a less egregious one. I mean,
0: it's going to keep us up at night if we suddenly become Robbie shippers. I mean,
1: who are we shipping him with? Like a better hairstylist? Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. oh, exactly. Okay, we'll stop. All right. Present <laughs> um.
0: Robbie is reading Lord of the Flies, <laughs> which is a very.
1: It's a very high school book to be reading. <laughs> I and know. Very on the nose, Robbie, yeah, though. There's
0: an unnamed bully on the prowl, like rocking people up.
1: Can we talk about this unnamed bully for sure. just a second? Um I like him. This this actor, whoever plays him, has charisma. He looks like he's thirty seven, yeah? Like
0: Yeah, but that's what makes a truly menacing juvie built bully. That's it's true.
1: Like, but it? Nanny looks old. Like, he is a full-grown adult man who was playing someone's father in his last TV appearance, but, you know, but that's... That's... The,
0: that's the thing. Remember in Calvin and Hobbes, Mo always looked like... He was, like, a foot taller than Calvin.
1: And that's what makes it scary. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's
0: like, why do you have facial hair? You're in first grade.
1: But, yeah, no, it's... it's all right, fine. I'll, I'll let it slide. Now, yeah, I kind of was... like this... The, whoever the actor is, like, he's got presence. He seems, like...
0: Genuinely scary.
1: Yeah, but scary in, like, a... Like, you could tell he's having fun with his bullying. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's like, he likes to... Yeah, his
0: domain is just, like, a cafeteria. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah. I mean, Juvie sounds awful. And
1: he, um... Yeah, so, like, Robbie witnesses him, like, bully some other kid. um, And, like, there's a scene where, uh... Like, Robbie's actually watching the car wash on TV. Like, they coincidentally. It's, it's
0: rough because it, in the middle of it, Sam's like, We love you, Miguel. And it's like, Ouch. Yeah. And okay. also,
1: like, actually, this was a nice moment. Like, where, um, so Sam's talking to like a reporter and saying that we're just trying to help out Miyagi Dota's things to help the community. And the reporter is like, Aren't you raising money for a kid who was like, you know, crippled by a member of Miyagi-Do. And then Sam, like, she says something like, that was an accident, at least I hope it was an accident. Which okay, I that's... thought was a nice moment. Like, that was... Well, I think that's
0: kind of shade, right? She, I mean... How does, she... I mean,
1: how does she know whether it was an accident or not? Like, I mean, it wasn't an accident. Like, Robbie did it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he did it intentionally. He probably regretted it as soon as he did it. And I can see do from Sam's perspective... you think he meant to
0: kick him? Or do you think he meant to kick him off... The the staircase or whatever.
1: Honestly, I don't think Robbie was really thinking it through at that moment. I think he was really angry, and he, like, took the strike. And it did end up, up, like, kicking him down the stairwell. I think if you asked him at that moment, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, he probably was just like...
0: So if Miguel had died, it would be like, is this voluntary man's letter?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there would be a question about it, I think. Um, And, like, I think that it's not unrealistic for Sam to be like, you know, like, my... Boyfriend might have like murdered someone. You know what I mean? Like it's and you don't know whether like okay. The, you don't the know rest what he was of this thinking.
0: podcast will just be like a serial style legal, right? Legal analysis. Like let's go
1: into like what was Robbie's mens ray, guys? Yeah, Alienating people. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm rolling it back. <laughs> um But anyways, Robbie's watching this. Understandably, like I think Sam's comment is understandable, and I think Robbie's like you know his face is like very like 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 yeah he's sad. He's like he's stricken. He's in a
0: really shitty so he's getting roughed up by this bully
1: and the bully like also him. makes fun of him and is like oh is that your girl yeah you know his,
0: his ex-girlfriend is publicly declaring her love for the kid he put in the hospital he's turning down stalker s calls from daniel who he doesn't want to talk to mm-hmm. which understandable because daniel is you know
1: yeah i mean well i don't know like he blames daniel for like because that daniel is the one who uh like, calls the authorities, and then that's why he is arrested, and that's why he's put in juvie, but it's honestly, like, I understand why he's angry at Daniel. I get it completely, but, like, objectively speaking, like, you know, Robbie, what were you gonna do? Like, live on the streets the rest of your life? You're, like, you're better off actually, like, just going to juvie and doing your time, and also, I'm sorry, Robbie, you do deserve to be there. I know, but you know? I think, like I
0: think he's coming around to the fact that, like, he's he's been yearning for, like, human connection and someone to, like, show up for him and he's just realizing the options just aren't very good you know <laughs> no, they're like, not he he's finally by season three three years later like got a, a mom and who who'd rather be doing like yoga and their life coach or whatever, then like, I mean, it's the flimsiest reason on earth why she can't visit him. Anymore. Yeah. I don't like, get the impression a, that she's visiting can him that much. pass and go see your son. Mm-hmm. She's not doing that. Then you have Daniel who he's pissed at and he's like, maybe just need some distance from the whole Miyagi-Do thing. Cause it's kind of gotten him in hot water. And then you have his father and Johnny. And I think this is where I really felt, um,
1: oh, and also, sorry, I just want to like mention chronologically Um, Robbie also, like, he gets his ass kicked by all these, like, bullies, um, like, around the time that he's watching that TV segment, you know, and, like, it's actually, so yeah, just Robbie's in a really low place, and I also did like, and this is a weird thing to say that I liked, but, like, I like that Robbie loses this fight with the bullies, and he loses it badly, because it's, like, He's good at karate, right? Maybe
0: it was the hair that gave him all the karate
1: powers. Oh my god, he's like Samson. But, yeah, like, I I honestly expected that he would, like, pull out karate moves, and it's just like, I like, I thought that was, like, way more realistic that it's like, yeah, he's outnumbered very badly. By a 40-year-old. By a 40-year-old bully who seems like he's seen some shit. Of course Robbie's gonna get his ass beat. But anyways, like, that's the state that he's in um, when he later learns that uh, he has somebody on his visitor list, and it's Lawrence. John.
0: John Lawrence. And where is Johnny at this point? So Johnny has been through quite a journey. He starts the episode um, kind of breaking into church to go talk to Oh, I love somebody. that. I actually so love that. Well, I looked that. up his friend. His name is Bobby Brown, which I think <laughs> is great. Um,
1: so Bobby Brown, as you, you might remember from season two, is... You know, like, in the Karate Kid movie, like, he's, like, one of the Cobra Kais, and he, uh, and, you know, he does some shitty things that they all do in Karate Kid 1, but, like, he grows up to be a pastor, which I think is kind of a neat touch. Which is not
0: a priest, as I just learned. Yeah,
1: priests can't have sex, Pastor Bobby surely can, um, and he's, like, in the middle of a sermon, and it's actually, like, a pretty good one. It's about forgiveness, and you can tell that Pastor Bobby is, like, the cool pastor. Yeah, he's yeah? the edgy pastor. Yeah, he's, he's nice. And, like, I, I love that, like, when Johnny strolls in, to say, like, forgiveness is bullshit. And the thing that he says is, like, do you think we get forgiveness for the time we were in Reno with those soccer moms at the Hyatt? And I love, I love when the show gets weirdly specific like that. That's so good. I know.
0: Um, well, it's pa- fine.
1: Pastor Bobby looks a little bit, like, Good. let's not staying on the soccer moms and I'm like <laughs> hey yeah I got it
0: yeah but I love that Johnny has a friend um, that can stick up for him because he's, he's not in a great place at the beginning of the episode um, so he opens up about how he's trying to like he wants to do something for Miguel and he wants to see Robbie finally get some mention of his you know his real son um, and Pastor Bobby's willing to intervene and he says like I can talk to the judge and, and get you an invite and really, this is like the first actual move that Johnny's done. The rest of the episode is him doing all this other stuff to raise money for Miguel. So let's let's talk about it. The first thing he does is he cleans himself up, puts, him, puts on his one suit, hmm. and he takes like a little... He interviews for like a temp gig. I have to say, this is so not Johnny's element. I think this kind of work just drains the human soul. So it was very sad for me to see.
1: Oh, I mean, I I actually like that he's like, you know what, today we're going to be professional. We're going to shave the face. We're going to keep, like, the crazy under wraps. We're going to go do a job interview. And he actually does pretty well. And I I liked the touch that, like, on the resume, he said that he had extensive computer skills. Yes. Um, Don't
0: we all lie about that. Right?
1: (laughs) And, you know, when the, the interviewer asked about it, he's like, well, I think I still remember how to get on the internet. And it's just like... Yeah. Yeah. Do you, man? Do Definitely. you? Definitely.
0: Um, of course, he runs into trouble because he's a little too honest about his priors. Yeah. Assaulting multiple minors.
1: I know. But they were dicks, Nina. They what are were you gonna... dicks. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: true. Um, it's interesting because I feel like this kind of like two bros bonding over like arrest convictions, but that only works if you're... A white guy, <laughs> like interviewing for the job. He
1: is a white guy. Yeah, it? exactly.
0: That's what I mean. So I'm just like that, but that was a bridge too far for the interviewer. Right? Like, oh no. Okay. I oh, was yeah. Okay with the public intoxication. To be honest,
1: like the interviewer is like, come on, tell me what's like, what do you got? Like it's fine, like it's just formality. You got a DUI or something? I'm like a DUI is pretty bad, man. Like people go to prison. For yeah, those. I'm just thinking um. <laughs> like if
0: you were, I don't know buddies at Cornell or how are these like Ivy League type things? I'm sure like people overlook all sorts of shit if you're you're in the inner circle. So, um, Johnny just caught a bad break and he's back in his car frustrated looking
1: at his his classified ads, which I didn't even know newspapers still had. Um, but, you know, I get you gotta it. look
0: at those again. It's not
1: like Johnny's going on Craigslist, that's the internet. And as we
0: That's an, I hope that's a whole other episode of him <laughs> discovering Craigslist. <laughs> Um, Next
1: scene is him at a pawn shop, again, just demonstrating his incredible knowledge of computers. He's trying to sell back that used computer he God, bought from I love the pawn shop.
0: Dell just keeps showing up. It's, right. like, cursed.
1: And he's just like, this one ran out of juice. Um, and of course, the the pawn shop dealer is like, they don't run out of juice. You just plug them in. I love
0: the return of these bit characters. Um,
1: I know, right? It just kind of makes it feel like a more lived in world. And also, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know what, pawn shop owner, you deliver. Every time I see you, you make me smile. Uh,
0: um, Johnny says the only thing of value who owns the 93 Dodge Caravan.
1: Charger. Charger. Oh, Charger. Very right. different. Um, oh, right. Wow. One's like a kind of a, a soccer mom vehicle.
0: Hey, soccer moms.
1: But, um,. The Dodge Charger, his baby, apparently isn't worth anything, so he's got nothing.
0: Shocking. Um, so then he's he pays a visit to his stepfather, which is, again, a testament to his love for Miguel, that he's willing to I mean, I was, with a I, very old Ed Asner.
1: To be honest, like, you know, in the very first scene when he's talking to Bobby, and like, he's thinking about, like, how can he base money for Miguel's surgery and like Bobby's like why don't you go see Sid he's got a lot of money and like you know Johnny's like no my god like me beg him for money like uh, ah Sid would love that and I'm kind of like you're trying to get this kid money for like his spinal surgery you can suck it up and beg like that's like yeah
0: but we're talking about like I like that they haven't completely erased season one Rob or season one Johnny like he's still kind of that that person is still very independent hate doing things and is not used to kind of like looking out for others
1: yeah I got, you so you it's, it's just like point. a
0: demonstration of growth it's like he, he has
1: to come that. to that place where yeah. he's like this is this is the thing that i gotta do and you know like uh sid yeah. is sid is like very like
0: he's unrepentantly a bad person <laughs> yeah
1: and he's mean to johnny in such like a realistic way you know what i mean like where yeah. he's just like he's mocking him he's like he and he's like yeah, you know, when Johnny's like, I just want to help out Robbie and Miguel, and he's just like, oh, Pope John Lawrence. And I don't know, something about Sid just runs, even yeah, though he's, he he's just a rings very true. realistic
0: bad guy. Yeah. He also, like, racked up a bunch of sexual harassment lawsuits. Um, hash
1: brown me too, brown, as Johnny too. says. Um, yeah, but, like, ultimately, he, like, turns Johnny down. Johnny steals a modern art sculpture on the way out, which I presumably he pawns in the next scene. I'm all right with this. How
0: much do you think that goes for? <laughs> so curious. Five thousand. Seriously. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. He just shows up with this check uh, at the hospital, and then he runs into Miguel's family. Oh, yeah, and
1: there's like a, this is the kind of thing that I always dream will happen to me in life, where, like, he gives the nurse the check. It's a big one, apparently. And the nurse is like, wow, this is so generous. Is there, I mean, who should we tell the family that it's from? And he, like, and Johnny's like, I, I'd rather them not know, all things considered.
0: He said, <laughs>
1: But I love that, like, of course, when he says, like, I just don't want them to know, it. of course, Miguel's mom and grandmother are right behind him and they hear everything. I'm like, why doesn't that ever happen to me when I, like, do something?
0: There's an entire Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about this. Really? Yeah, where Ted Danson makes a huge... Ted Danson... It doesn't matter, guys. I can, somebody please stop me whenever I try to launch into plot somewhere. <laughs> it never ends well for anyone involved. But
1: is it about, like, someone saying, I don't want credit. Exactly. And then, like, other but they people make, hearing...
0: they. They do everything in their power to make sure that people do know who did
1: Yeah, see, that's what I want for my good deeds. You're I want anonymous, people
0: to... but you're not really anonymous.
1: Right, but I want it to be so seamlessly done that people are like, wow, like that's so check, amazing.
0: The check just, like, falls out of your pocket like, in the what? moment. Like, what? Oh, gosh. But it's one of those, like, giant publisher weekly <laughs> checks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what
1: happens with Johnny. Yeah,
0: he's, he's given, like, probably thousands of dollars, I'm going to guess,
1: and, you know, Miguel's mom and grandmother, like, because they hear that, because Johnny seems unlike Ted dancing apparently, to obviously not want anybody to know, they seem genuinely touched. Uh, recall that Miguel's mom was, like, pretty upset with him, like, the last time she saw him. Yeah. So, it's, a uh, you know, they clearly are both, like, I don't know, like, they they both seem to be, like, really, like, uh, moved by his donation. And when Miguel's grandmother is says, like, kind of in halting English, like, you know, miguel needs you will you stay and pray with us and johnny's like i I gotta go i got somewhere to be and like you know he
0: hesitates for only a moment mm -hmm. before he's he goes with them and this is one of those things where i'm like i don't know that he i mean he was talking he had to get his friend to intervene to even right the thing is because johnny
1: has like a prior arrest or he can only see his son if there's like a somebody present like a priest, say. So basically it's like he could only see him because Bobby was going to be there too. And so he arranged this visit and there's this moment where you're like, oh, the other thing he's supposed to do is go see Robbie, but he's going to not do that because Miguel's grandmother wants him to pray with them. And I have a, I have thoughts about this. Can I, can I tell you? Yes, go for it. Okay. So he's missing his visit with Robbie, right? And on the one hand, like when we we watched this the first time, this pissed me off because I, I hate Stupid manufactured conflicts. I hate it when it's just like, oh no, I mean, the reason I let down my son is because, well, but this woman asked me to pray with her so I had to do that. You know what I mean? Where it's I mean, just you know, like, that's dumb. The
0: reason is, I don't care about my son. No,
1: no, wait, wait, wait. This is my thi- my, my theory here. Or my, not my theory, but what I want. If it turns out, that Johnny just, like, decided not to go see um, Robbie because he was like, I don't know, he just felt too pressured by Miguel's grandmother, which is, I feel like, where they're going with this. I'll be mad. I'll be like, this is dumb. This is stupid when you have to manufacture a conflict and be like, oh, yeah, I mean, Johnny would have been there if it weren't for Miguel's grandmother, like, guilt-tripping him. What I want is for Johnny to secretly kind of be angry at Robbie, For, like, crippling his karate son. And for him to sort of... Maybe he's not even aware of it, but he's actively making a choice because he... Because that's how he's acting out on that hidden rage. Because, like, I think that's more... That's an actual conflict as opposed to, like, a manufactured conflict. This is the
0: equivalent of someone who wants to break up acting abominably to get the other person to break up with them. So he's just like, look, I entered Robbie's life. It was a mistake, clearly, because (laughs) the feelings ain't there.
1: Oh, my God. And...
0: He had only one job. He just had to show up one time and to show his son that he cares about him. And he couldn't do it.
1: So are you angry at Johnny?
0: I think it's like one of those character reveal moments where it's like he's... They've done a lot of work to to revamp his image and make him into kind of a saint. And he's willing to do all the stuff for Miguel. But it's like what we talked about earlier where... In one kind of relationship, the best parts of someone can show up. And then in another relationship, it all turns to shit. Because it's just not working. But and I
1: just... mean, Robbie's not just some, like, chicky nose. Robbie's his son. Like, yeah, but it doesn't There's not much you can matter. do about that. Um... He
0: feels bound by the fact that, okay, we are related. Which is why you can't just be like... If it were anybody else, you know, he would have been like, quit. I tried, and it's not working. But, I mean, at this point, I, f- I do feel bad for Robbie. Because he's got... He's, he's in a losing war. He either needs to learn how to like tap dance or juggle or get, I don't know, get another haircut, but try to win over your dad and I don't know.
1: Wait, so you think he should be trying to win over Johnny?
0: Okay, no, I'll say this again. Um, I don't, I think it's over for Robbie. <laughs> What's <laughs> I, think, I was just thinking about this, like he's kind of done everything he can. He even did cut the hair. And Johnny noticed, but that didn't even get him to show up.
1: Wait, how would Johnny notice his haircut? Um, Johnny hasn't seen him.
0: No, Johnny did
1: see him once, didn't he? No. Oh, God. I'm so confused, guys. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm just saying at this point. If
1: only Johnny knew that he'd cut his hair, he would be there.
0: We're going to have to edit all this out. <clears throat> this this no. episode has me spinning. This
1: is gold. Okay. I'm, I'm just actually, like, I'm curious. Because, like, actually... you're, you've always, like, maintained the line that, like, Johnny doesn't love Robbie.
0: I don't think he does. And I think
1: now at I'm, this point... I'm asking you, do you hold that against Johnny?
0: I think if he was a decent person, as they're trying to say, he should just commit to a path. Like, he can say, I'm an absentee father. I kind of fucked this relationship up beyond repair. I can't even do the basic bare minimum things to repair it. And so he should just walk away and like let his poor son heal because Robbie's just like... Essentially, a teenager wants his dad's love. It's not a crazy thing. Um, I mean, to be fair, like
1: he he wasn't very interested in his dad's love just like a short while ago. It's just that he's on the outs with Larusso. Not blaming Robbie for this, by the way. God, it's I never would right say that. Kind of sounds like you are. No, I'm not. I'm not. But like, I don't think that the solution for Johnny is to cut ties. Like that's it's I'm not. Sorry, like Robbie's not. Like
0: he's dealt with all these unstable parental figures his whole life, and I think. His mom can't get her shit together, clearly. And it's like the more someone tries, the more they fuck it up. Where I feel like every time he's like, look, Johnny's going his own way. He doesn't want to be involved. I'll just bond with Daniel or whatever. But Johnny's like, can't stand that. So he keeps like getting back in the ring. But then he realizes, oh, I actually don't want to be in this fight at all. I mean,
1: I don't care. I want to say that like, I'm quoting something, but like the hardest part about, or the, I don't know, the most effective part about being a parent is just showing up. Obviously, Johnny fails exactly. to do that. But And, like, look, I think that's a shit move. It's a dick move. And, like, it it doesn't justify it if it's fueled by the fact that Johnny's, like, angry at Robbie, but it's, it's one of those things I would prefer that as a plot point. But I do think, like, I don't think the solution is to just be like, hey, son, I think we can agree that I'm a bad father and I'll never of, see you again. I think
0: this is kind of indefensible. Like, I don't know how he would defend himself to... His priest friend, sorry, his pastor friend, I don't know how he's going to defend himself to Robbie, but I think he's been given enough chances to show up for Robbie, and he's kind of like, this is the kind of thing where Robbie's in crisis. He's in Mm -hmm. a very bad way, and he needs you. And you can't really do much for Miguel. Like, you already gave the check. You could have just been like, I'll be back tomorrow for the prayer
1: circle. Yeah, no, you're right. It is indefensible. And like, like I said, I really hope that defense isn't going to be like, well, you know, Miguel's grandma is really convincing. I hope it's just like like something dark and subconscious where he was just he's actually mad at Robbie. but like I yeah and, and you, you know do feel I mean? for Robbie I think, a lot.
0: I, I think if it, this were a different kind of show, like maybe a more even more dramatic show. like maybe he he has all these complicated feelings. like if that scene with the Miguel's grandma hadn't happened, maybe you see him leaving the hospital and he's about to go visit Robbie Juvie and then he kind of, like, takes another turn and he goes to the beach and just, like, stares into this yeah. ocean or something because, like, he can't bring himself to do it. And that would say something about his right. and relationship.
1: I, I guess it's, like... I understand that, like, he's not, actu- he's not actually that close to Robbie. I mean, he admits himself that, like, he hasn't really been there for him that much, but he wants to be a better father. And, you know, he fails in that in that a lot of ways. But, like, you saw moments, like, in season two when, like, you know, when Robbie brings, like, a drunk Samantha to Johnny's house and, like, I don't know, Robbie sees this where, like, Johnny's kept, like, all these, like, stupid pictures and, like, trophies and shit that, like, uh, Robbie's won but over the years. those are just
0: objects. Like, I to mean, me, it's, like, acts of service versus, like, Kind of, like, mementos that no, kind totally. of remind you of what you should be doing.
1: But... I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. Like, Johnny is, you're a bad dad. I think mean, you know, it's, it's like, indisputable. You were not a good dad to Robbie. I think that there is a part of him that genuinely wants to be. and But I think that's at war with, like, this other part of him that's actually, like, furious that, like... This is different from, like, Johnny at the end of season two who seemed to, like, genuinely, like, want, like, you know, he's driving Robbie to school and give him a trapper keeper and is genuinely, like, happy to have him back in his life. I think that there's something, I think that he hasn't really gotten over, like, that his son did this thing to, like, let's face it, the kid that he likes better. Yeah,
0: I really hope they explore that. I mean, that that would check out.
1: Right, because if, if it's if it's just, like, you know, like, if, you, if you're right what you said all along is that just, like, meh, Johnny's just not into it, I'm kind of, like... Well,
0: I think there's a lot. There's of nothing ev-
1: there then. You know? I
0: mean, yeah, but there's just a lot of evidence piling up. I the mean, letter that he never finished. <laughs> the fact that two seasons went by before he really made any effort.
1: Oh, he tried. Robbie didn't want to talk to him, which is totally in, like, you know, I'm not really blaming Robbie for that, but it's just like, I feel like it's within Johnny. We're like, going to do it. Care. We're going to do a
0: poll. Uh, maybe we'll wait till Midway season five. Sorry, season three. <laughs> we will just do a straight up listener poll. Do you think Robbie has a shot with winning his father's love? <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's looking good. I think if I were Robbie, I would respect him more if he's like, you know what, all these people are total failures. I just gotta find a way to survive
1: Juby and get out.
0: I mean, but like, you're on your own, buddy.
1: Oh, Robbie! I mean, it's like a, it's a strange day it when is we're of the
0: flies. There's no adults around,
1: and got, they've all
0: seated. I mean, he's just got to figure out a way to survive. Yeah. Um. Okay. I want to make sure. Oh, I did have a straight observation. <clears throat> Where is Anthony?
1: Where is Anthony? Jesus, did he die? Are so, we not talking about this?
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because it's like the. Sh- I know the show is too smart to like let us completely forget, but I hope to God they do something with this. This is the kind of benign neglect,
1: right? Of but Anthony. I hope this and turns Robbie. him into like this, like serial killer or something. Well, it's so
0: interesting because, like, you know. If they, if Robbie and Anthony could bond over the fact that their fathers want nothing to do with them, that would be great. But I almost feel like Anthony learned this lesson far earlier. I know, right? He Anthony's just, just
1: like, kicking into the wind, being like, like you know, "Whatevs." Yeah, exactly. I'm unloved. I get to do my own thing.
0: And so I feel like Robbie just should just get on that path. It's going to take a few more burns from Johnny, a few more people not showing up for him, and then he's just going to lean into the. I mean, anything. I'm
1: I'm hoping that Johnny like and Robbie have an honest discussion about their complex emotions towards each other, I'm rooting for them. I really am to establish some kind of, like, okay relationship. I just think it's going to take a while.
0: Yeah. But for real, though, where do you think Anthony is?
1: Oh, my God. Anthony's on the moon. <laughs> Anthony was expe- was accepted into child NASA and is part of their, their kids' space program, and the LaRussos don't even know about it. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because this, this episode ends with Daniel apparently in Tokyo and I do you, you think Amanda went with him
1: Yeah, eh, no? somebody's got to take care of
0: that's true Amanda doesn't get any fun somebody sorry.
1: I mean I was gonna yeah. say someone has to take care of Sam and Anthony but who Who knows you just see
0: like Daniel in business class eating sushi like <laughs> ah, I get a vacation sorry business intrigue all oh, right and, and someone Amanda, has to run the dealership yeah, right so she's definitely numbers. at home oh man I hope yeah. Amanda has an affair with a noose or something right
1: oh um, my gosh yes yes
0: okay um twitter oh yeah we did get a question on twitter from jim any plans on covering the next karate kid after season three I uh, would love to hear your take on it. Yes, I think we had uh, previously committed to doing basically all of the Karate Kid sequels, although I don't know if we.
1: We did commit to it, and unlike Nina, it was a suicide I pack. intend to keep this promise, and I'll force her into it. Don't worry. I mean, we will see the next Karate of Kid. David,
0: I mean, we're spared like them Hollywood churning out like, nine more sequels. I mean, there's in, a limited universe. In this one it's like this one doesn't have. I think the next Karate Kid is the Hillary
1: Hilary Swank. Hillary Swank, one.
0: yeah. So it's got Pat Morita and no Daniel. It's
1: part of the canon. We got to do it. Um, and then
0: the the one after that probably has Pat Morita and somebody else. Wait, Spinchy. there's another one after that?
1: No, no, no. See, because Jim goes on to comment. P.S. Please do not cover the remake. So awful and factually inaccurate. Karate equals Japan. Kung Fu equals China. Should be the Kung Fu Kid. So as Jim correctly points out, um, yeah, like the the next one isn't a sequel. It is a remake or reboot or whatever, um, starring Jaden Smith and like the the Daniel role. And instead of Pat Morita, who I, I believe had passed away by then, you've got um, Jackie Chan. Which you know what? I would actually be up to for seeing that and reviewing it, but. Jim, I take your point. He's not the karate kid. He is the kung fu kid. Come on. Come on, I mean, people. Stop mixing up your Asians. That's Ugh. not
0: going to be the worst thing about this movie. I mean, I actually have active dread. I mean, we suffered through Karate Kid 2, and that had all of the original. Well, don't, actors you wanna in it. don't you want
1: to know? Don't you want to know if, like, the karate kid, the kung fu kid, is worse or better than Karate Kid 2?
0: I think we know the answer to that. <laughs>
1: Wait, you think it is worse? Really? Karate Kid Two is really bad.
0: That's true. Good all bad. right, I don't know, yeah. listeners,
1: listeners. We will determine this. The, these two movies, the next Karate Kid and Sorry, Jim, even the Karate Kid reboot with Jackie Chan, they're they're on the list.
0: God, I hope they stop after that. I, I just end it all. You know, I was on HBO Max and I was like looking for a movie to watch, and I just realized they didn't have Home Alone One or Two, but they had like three of the other ones. And the only way I could tell it was Home Alone is that they had that kind of iconic. Photo of the kid with the hands on their cheeks, screaming. Yeah, yeah, but it was some random kid, and I was like, "God, this is sad. Hollywood is deeply broken." (laughs) I mean, the sequel factory. But anyway, yes, Jim. Do uh, you
1: feel any sense of shame or irony that you're saying that when we ourselves are doing a podcast dedicated to a Karate Kid sequel series? Shame.
0: (laughs) I lost my shame in quarantine a long time ago. (laughs) We've all changed this last year, okay? Um, And, you know, if COVID lasts another year or something, who knows? You'll be
1: clamoring for more Karate Kid sequels. You'll be begging for them. We will
0: have exhausted all the content. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, your rating, Madame?
1: Um, I will give it three front sweeps by Awesome Pastor Bobby. Three out of five front sweeps, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of five. Um Tom Cole takeovers. Nice,
1: nice. And as always, listeners. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.